Well, good morning, Celebration Church at our campuses, online, everyone joining us right here in Green Bay. Can we all stand up together? Let's say this. This is who we are. This is what we believe here at Celebration Church. Let's all say this together. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning and welcome to Celebration Church. Good to have you. My name is Bob, one of the pastors here at Celebration Church. Pastor Mark this morning, uh, he's out on a missions trip with Jimmy Bratcher. We'll hear from him in just a moment. Uh, But before uh, we get started, we have a mission Sunday today. We'll have an opportunity for you to give towards missions at the end of the service. Before we do that, we want to give you a little update with where we're at. If you want to put the slide up on the screen, show you where we're at. It's exciting. 2016, we were just over $76,000. 2017, year to date, we're at $111,321. Amen. That's a reason to celebrate. There's some great things happening with missions. Uh, one of the things that you'll notice uh, is that last month, if you were here, you heard about uh, an effort we put together in a very short order for the Andaman Islands. There's an orphanage that we support there. We had a goal of raising $30,000 that week to help them put a second floor on their dormitories. They were under pressure pressure from the government to shut down if they didn't increase their capacity. They've got 107 kids there that will not be leaving and going to Hindu orphanages because we put together the $30,000 required to build it. So that is awesome. So thank you guys for giving. Thank you for giving towards missions. Your giving is making a massive impact around the world, here domestically, and we're going to hear about one of those efforts right now. Let's all welcome a little video message from Pastor Mark. Good morning and greetings from Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, I'm down here with uh, Jimmy Bratcher, uh, joining in with his band as we're going around to federal prisons ministering to those who are incarcerated. Some of them have been in there for a very long time, for decades. Some have decades longer yet. Some will never get out. They'll not be able to physically outlive the sentence that they've been given. You can imagine the hopelessness. Jesus encouraged us to visit those and remember those who are in prison in situations like that. And thanks to your financial support as you give into our missions efforts and outreaches, And this is one of the many things that we do throughout the world and all year long. Thanks to your support, we're able to do this and show this kindness to these men who are in this situation. We're able to come in, uh, meet with them, just talk, uh, do concerts for them, uh, minister the gospel to them. Yeah, Yesterday, we were uh, at some big motorcycle rally here in Kansas City and the band played there. And uh, today, this afternoon, we'll be going to our first prison, going to prisons throughout the first part of the week. But then at the end of the week, we're bringing everybody to Wisconsin. And uh, we're bringing the band, uh, and I'm playing with the band, uh, along with Jimmy. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be doing a full concert at our 
uh, Stevens Point con uh, campus Friday night. Then we're going to be doing a concert at our Appleton campus Saturday night and then doing a concert uh, after the service on our Father's Day service on Sunday as we're all hanging out eating bratwursts and burgers and, and whatnot. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, ask for your prayers uh, as we're doing this outreach. I've got three guys from our church that have volunteered to come and help. A lot of work carrying all this stuff around. we got two guys from our Green Bay campus, one from our Appleton campus, and they're with me here as well. So it's going to be a great week. Looking forward to coming and bringing everything back to you uh, in Wisconsin uh, next weekend. This morning, we have a special guest with us, Pastor Arnie Jacobson, my mentor. Uh, everything that you see around you and are experiencing this morning would not exist if it were not for Arnie Jacobson. He was the first man in my life who noticed a gift in me and encouraged me to begin to preach and to teach. I've been in ministry since I was 17 years of age. Pastor Jacobson, not one time in all of those decades did a single pastor ever hear me speak, teach, or say anything about the Bible who encouraged me to do that. They just saw that I could play the piano and uh, ran video cameras and, cameras and stuff and encouraged me to do that instead. Pastor Jacob was, Jacobson was the first man in my life who looked past those gifts and said, you know, there's something special that you have and, uh, and encouraged me to do it. It was because of his encouragement I got into pastoring and preaching. It was because of him that I started doing the Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage seminars that take us all over the world. All of that would not exist but for this man. One of the great gifts that he has is the ability to bring people who are not part of the church into the church. I hope you really listen to him this morning as he talks about how to do this and doing a special session uh, later this uh, uh, evening about how to invite friends and neighbors and connect with them so he can bring them into the church. Stop and think about this. If everyone listening to me right now would successfully bring just one other person into the church over the next year, our congregation would double in one year. So I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to do. Well, that's why he's going to be here this morning sharing with us how to invite and connect with people so that you can get them to come into the church and experience the grace of God and become part of the kingdom of God. Would you please give a very warm Celebration Church welcome to my mentor, Pastor Arnie Jacobson. Praise the Lord. I was thinking as Mark was talking, uh, I, I remember the first time we met Mark, we were uh, at our home, and his brother Ed and I were very close friends over the years, and uh, my wife is here, this is really sort of funny, and uh, he, uh, we had Reggie White, we were on a little group meeting with Reggie in our house, and Mark came over with, with Ed from Marshfield, and uh, you know how funny he is. You get him in a living room with some people, it's, it's like... You had better go on to the bathroom prior to him. <laughs> and so when he left, Chan says, you think he's retarded? <laughs> I said, no, I don't think so. And uh, so it's to see the great development, you know, uh, in, in <laughs> well, that, we maybe wouldn't put this on tape today because I don't want him to hear that, but. Jan's told him that story over and over. It's good to have my wife, Jan, here. Jan is right back there. Jan, honey, stand up. Uh, Twenty-five years ago, uh, we moved to Green Bay with an idea of starting a church. From, we came from Salem, Oregon, 
and uh, rented Vincent T. Lombardi Middle School. And, uh, you know, God was with us all along the way because one of the things that ever since I found Christ as my Savior, January 3rd, 1967, I've had a tremendous desire to see people come to Christ. Even when I didn't know what I was doing, what I was thinking, but I always just wanted people to experience what I experienced because I had been raised in a religious environment. Uh, we went to church all the time. I went through confirmation. We would take vacations and we would go to church and I would get a little card so I could take it back to my Sunday school teacher to show that I had consistent. And knowing the gospel and knowing about it, that's great, but you have to have them in your heart. And we have so many people in this region of the country that are extremely religious and they believe in Jesus and they believe in the Holy Spirit and they believe in all of these things, but it's just in their head, it's not in their hearts. So I'm here today to encourage you that God wants to use you, to re-enlist you, so to speak, into the things of the kingdom of God. What we're going to do tonight, and I know coming out on a Sunday night might be a different type of thing. We're going to have a lot of fun, but I've written a little study guide called AWARE. I'm convinced that people miss opportunities all of the time to share the gospel or at least live out the gospel in front of people. So tonight we're going to talk about how you reach your family. How many of you here have family members that don't know Jesus? It's almost right across the board. It's the biggest harvest field there really is. But a lot of times, if you come from a religious background like I did, when you come to a church like this, even though the elements are here that maybe are somewhat familiar to where they come from, they think you're a little crazy. You know what I mean? Are you with me? So how can you break through that with a consistent plan? And then all of us live in neighborhoods. How many of us really impact our neighborhood? How do you do that without just saying, well, you got to come to our church, you're going to hell, and you need to come to our church? That doesn't get you very far. But I teach you things that you can do that will help you to have people ask you this question. Uh, 1 Peter 3.15 says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. The consistent thing there that so many evangelical Christians miss is the fact that we want to dump it on them, but we're to live our lives to the way and do things so they will ask us. And once they ask you, you can give them the full deal. Amen? So we teach you how to do that. We also teach you how to be effective in your workplace. How to, how to and you don't go into work and put Christian tracks all over the place and wear, you know, celebration t-shirts and all that kind of thing. I mean, you want to do that, I suppose you can. But I teach you some things and share with you some of the things I applied when I was in Bible college and right after I got saved in the workplace that will get people to ask you, what is the deal with you? In other words, being the best that you can be. So it's family, neighborhood, workplace, how to be more effective in your church. And we'll have a lot of fun. I've been doing this across the country and Mark's been gracious enough tonight. We are going to be taping this and... Um, making it available to churches across the country. There's some sad statistics that I want to share with you uh, that are really sort of staggering uh, regarding the evangelical church. Now, if you're here today, evangelical churches are churches that believe the key to getting into the kingdom is accepting Christ. In a personal way, I'm a sinner, come into my life. That's really what characterizes or is the common thread among churches 
like Celebration and other churches that are really endeavoring to get people to have a life-changing experience with Jesus Christ. Listen to this. The United States currently has the lowest church affiliation since records started to be kept hundreds of years ago. 50% of Americans have no church home. Fewer and fewer people consider themselves believers who are even plugged into a church. They just go because it's just, well, I'm going to do that. It's sort of like, well, I won't tell you what I, I have an illustration I can't use in church about that. Uh, every year, 2.7 million church members fall into inactivity. So people are leaving churches. People are, 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 are in this new generation of millennials. They, you know, we used to go to church because mom and dad went to church. Now they don't care. And if they think they go a couple times a month, that's great. And then more and more of those are falling into inactivity. And we talk about planting churches. Uh, Pastor Bob went to a great thing, ARC. It's a great group that's helping churches planted across America very, very effectively. And there, what do you say, 165 churches are starting this year? But listen to this. For every church plant, four churches close their doors. 85% of churches are plateaued or shrinking. 50% of all U.S. churches did not add a single new member last year. So I encourage you to get involved, to get, get active, to get moving, to, to, to have something that sparks you like never before. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And hopefully you'll take the time to come. It's mostly reruns now. Are you there? Right? <laughs> Packers aren't playing yet. That's going to be exciting when they do. But So the, the book, Aware, it's, it's 10 bucks. All proceeds go to feed a hungry family. Mine. Now, I will also tell you this. Those of you in Stevens Point and Appleton, those books will be available to you tonight. We have them here. You can grab one. If you can't get back tonight, take one. I mean, you can walk through it. Uh, the, the heart of it's there. But I add a lot of things that will be very, very interesting. I'm not as funny as Mark, but there's some funny things I'm going to share with you tonight. And, uh, but I want to say this also. If you do not have $10... You can take the book for free. That's how important I believe it is. Now, if you have the 10 bucks and take the book, someday you're going to have to stand before God and you'll say, remember when you took that book and you went out to McDonald's and ate after? All right. I guess we're, we're ready to just launch for a few moments into uh, some remarks that hopefully will encourage you to consider coming back this evening. Uh, I just want to briefly share with you uh, from the Old Testament from the book of, uh, of <clears throat> excuse me, 1 Samuel, was in chapter 16. And this little portion, has, and then I'm going to just walk through the first chapter of the book real quickly with you to hopefully whet your appetites. But you know, the vision we had when we moved to Green Bay in 1992 was to see a church of at least 5,000 in attendance. Now, it isn't about numbers. It's about the lost. It's about souls. People who say, I like a small church, what they're saying is then they like nothing happening. Nothing against being small, but you must add to the church daily. That's what the Bible says. And I want to talk to you just for a moment about a cause. You know, we need to get excited. We need to get thrilled. It was said by Ralph Waldo Emerson that nothing great was ever accomplished without enthusiasm. We need to be enthusiastic. We need to get excited. You know what? I know I'm going to heaven. That's one thing I know. One day I'm going to go to heaven. And when I get there, all I want to hear is, Arnie, you did the best you could with what you have. That's what I want to hear. 
and that I affected people for Christ and that I, I, I'll see people in heaven that got saved because of our ministry and the ongoing ministry and sons and daughters in ministry all over the place. There is a cause that you need to get involved in. But see, most people that are sitting where you're sitting today say, you know what, I just am not equipped and I, I'm, my personality isn't in that. And, you know, it's just, you know, you, you know it, guys like Mark and Arnie, they just have this personality I want to tell you what, the Bible says, I will make you to become fishers of men. My mom is sitting here. She's 96 years young. She will tell you I was the shyest of the kids. I, I, I always pulled back. But when I got Christ in my heart, something happened. Something clicked. I wanted people to know that. I mean, Dave Kersher sitting there. Dave and I graduated from high school a couple of years after the ark landed on Ararat. And... Uh, <laughs> I don't think Dave would have ever imagined me doing what I'm doing, and I wouldn't imagine Dave being a dynamic Christian like he is today. But see, God has a plan. And sometimes people don't see that in us. And that's, this portion of scripture from 1 Samuel 16, let's, let's pick it up in verse 10. And uh, you see, the prophet now is coming to anoint one of uh, Jesse's sons to be the king. Pretty big deal. That's a big deal. In that environment, that culture, prophet of God, Jesse, I'm coming to your house. One of your boys is going to be the king. No, I, I think any parent would just, you know, man, that's pretty cool, man. My son's going to be a king. Wow. Listen to this. Verse 10. Then Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Then he said, there remains yet the youngest, and there he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send him, send him. Send him and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes. So here's the interesting thing. The dad, Jesse, brought the boys before the, he didn't even see the king in David. Oh, that's just young kid. We have him out taking care of the sheep. So sometimes a lot of us that are sitting here today People maybe haven't seen in us what God sees in us. And God sees in every one of you that person that Pastor Mark was talking about that you could at least reach one person this year for Christ. You realize if you did that, and I, I was joking with Mark the other day, I said, look, you'd have to have a couple Saturday night services, three or four services on Sunday morning. Those of you that get here late, and oh, I detest when people come to church late. So many people that go to church in America today, if they approach their job that way, they get fired. But it's really fun when you, you have to run to get a seat. I believe God wants to happen that. I believe that we can do it if we're well equipped. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says to you, you can do it. Now we go on just to the, to the uh, ch next chapter here of uh, Samuel. Interesting verse, verse 29. Now Goliath has been intimidating Israel. Remember Goliath, the big guy, would be a starting center on any, any NBA team today. In fact, he'd be bigger than all of them. Just a big guy. And he was making fun of the church. You know, we see a lot of that today. Are you there? A lot of that's going on today. You, you turn into some of these wacky talk shows. Now, excuse me, girls, but the view is wacky. <laughs> Do you know that a couple of weeks ago, they were, they were talking on the view about Christians who... Uh, organizations like 
Hobby Lobby, by the way, David Green, I have met him, is one of the most finest Christians you'd ever meet. They're not open on Sunday, but they're more profitable than places that stay open. He loves God with all of his heart. He took a stand, went before the Supreme Court on this whole health insurance because he didn't want to provide health insurance for abortion providers and things like that. So they're talking about this stuff on The View. And they said, the Christians are like terrorists. Come on, this is crazy stuff. There's intimidation coming from the liberal media everywhere we look. It's time that we wake up, church. It's time that we get excited about the one thing in this life that should cause us to get excited, and that's eternal life. One day I'm going to see Jesus. One day I'm going to go to heaven. One day it's going to be great. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fulfilling. So it takes someone to stand up in the midst of that kind of harassment. Goliath was coming and cussing out the people of Israel all the time, the armies. So Jesse sends David down to, his brothers were in the army, he's too young. And he heard about this thing and he said, man, I could take care of this guy. Now, there is a little sidebar to that. Whoever beat Goliath didn't have to pay taxes, got to marry one of the king's daughters. That was a little incentive for the fleshly side of things. I can't promise you if you get involved really leading people to Christ that you're not going to have to pay taxes. So he comes up, and I love this verse, verse 29. And David said, where have I, what am I doing now? Is there not a cause? His cause was to knock off this guy. He takes five stones. First of all, though, the king tried to put his arm on him, and he couldn't move. I want to tell you, it's a new day. Stuff that we did in the past doesn't work anymore. It's time to shed that old armor, catch something that works, something new, something dynamic, something vibrant. With David, it was five stones and a slingshot. Bam, right between the lookers. Fell down, grabbed his big old sword, could hardly pick it up. You know why he had five stones, by the way? Goliath had four brothers, just in case you want to know. So he takes and he whacks off the guy's head. Now, I like this. Verse 52. Verse 52. Now the sons of Israel and Judah arose and shouted. All of a sudden, those cowering guys that were losing got excited. And I want to tell you something that happens in the body of Christ. When we moved to Green Bay 25 years ago, the largest evangelical church maybe had 400 people. Faith preachers used to say you can't do anything here. But you know, God had a plan, and celebration's been a catalyst, and other churches are growing and believing God. You know what, if they can do it, we can do it. And I want to tell you what they now need to see is this church that's sitting at a couple, 3,000 people, get excited and hit that 5,000 mark. And it is different here. I served on the board of the Full Gospel Church in Seoul, Korea for years. 850,000 members. Think about that for a minute. That's about the size of the city of Milwaukee all going to one church. Don't think that they didn't get the attention of Seoul, Korea. And it's time, I think, that we, we rise up. What did Ezekiel say when he saw all the dry bones? He said, can these bones live? Prophet's pretty smart. He didn't say, well, that looks pretty scary. They're all dead. But he said, no. If you say, and all of a sudden, the bones started to rattle Everything started to come together, and all of a sudden, an exceeding great army stood. And in each service today, there's an army of people that maybe you don't see, or maybe no one's seen in you. Jesse didn't see it in David. And this young kid comes out, 
and he leads the charge. It's time that the churches in this city, in this region, say, hey, man, what's going on out there? Man, there's police directing traffic out on the, on the road. You've got to get there early to get a seat. It's so exciting because, and, and family members are coming and work people are coming. Are you there? Can you get excited about it with me today? Matthew 28, 18, verses 20 says this. Then Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am always with you always to the very end of the age. Tonight we're going to touch on a number of things. But first of all, what's in it for me? If I get involved in this, if all of a sudden I say, you know what, I'm going to get to know my neighbors. If I'm in a retirement area, I'm going to get to know them. I believe I'll have some people coming today from our area where we're living, just down the block here. Because I just talk about what God is doing. But what's, what's in it for us? I can tell you very simply, the greatest thing that can happen to you is to lead someone to Jesus Christ. The greatest thing for you is to see something in someone that no one else sees. I'm not any great perceptive type of person. In fact, my wife has 20 times more perception than I do. She has longer antennas. Women do. I would have been in far less trouble if I'd have listened to that woman over the years. Now, we're going to be married 50 years in September. We're not going to have a party. We're not going to have a celebration. I don't even want to think about it. Are you there? But over the years, she's helped me a lot. And see, I want to tell you what, what's in it for you is listening to God and doing what God wants. My little personal mantra is to know God and make God known. Not just in this environment, but in every environment, every place that I go, I want people to begin to understand that there's something different about that guy. And see, what the compensation is, leading people to Christ. Now, that doesn't mean you have to sit down and go through all the scriptures. It can be that your, your witness gets them to come to church or, or they open up to you because of the things that we're going to teach you tonight. Jesus said to his disciples, I will make you to become fishers of men. The Bible also says, he that winneth souls is wise. I'm not the smartest guy on the block. I never have been. There was maybe some, some medical reasons for it when I was younger. And I'm not joking, but I was in uh, eighth grade and we did uh, IQ tests. And uh, I walked by the teacher's desk about a week or two later and I saw my name and I thought the IQ that I saw was 89. So for a long time, I thought I had an 89 IQ. Now, maybe I do. In fact, one of my good friends who is a teacher at Brigham Young University and found Christ as his savior, he's a brilliant guy. And I told him that story. He said, well, Arnie, 89 is educable. That's about it, you know, it, you're on the, you're on, uh, but the point is this, whatever you have, you put it in God's hand and the compensation is this, he that winneth souls is wise. And I want to be a wise person. I, I, I want to get involved in this process. And the Bible says at once they left, put down their nets and they followed him. See, what Paul really is, and what Jesus was uh, saying is he called, I want to enlist you guys. Now, I'm, that doesn't mean you're called into full-time ministry. There's ministers on staff here. I do this here, 
different parts of the country. I work with our body in Houston as one of their representatives. But I am a constant representative of Jesus Christ. And I know the enduring end line compensation, what I'm going to get paid. You go in and, and you apply for a job. You want to know what they're going to pay you, what the compensation, what the benefits are. Well, I'm telling you today, the greatest benefit package in the world goes to a Christian who says, you know what? I love you, Jesus. And now I'm going to live my life in such a way that people are going to come and ask me, what is the deal with you? Let me explain that to you. Just a quick story. Uh, Kitty corner from our, where we lived in Salt Lake City uh, was a couple, uh, Jeff and Kelly. Kelly uh, was the anchor, the weekend anchor on Fox News in Salt Lake. Kelly was Miss Utah about 12 years ago. Oh, a fine-looking motor scooter. Are you with me? Even though I'm old, are you there? I'm not really old. I just, but what I, I am old. I, I get, but anyhow, uh, her husband, Jeff, a couple of bad things. First of all, all the neighbors called him a jerk. He was ornery, miserable. My son, Chad, lived in our neighborhood, and he said, Dad, man, Jeff is a jerk. But I decided to, I was going to de-jerk the jerk. <laughs> we had a community mailbox where you all, you know, we got all these things, so I'd go over to always talk to him, always be nice to him. Oh, the other bad thing about him, he's a Viking fan from Minnesota. <laughs> I mean, two strikes and you're out. <laughs> and so I... Uh, I just was nice to him, even when he was gruff, and, he, and we were nice to his kids. And, and, and Now, Kelly was just a sweetheart, is a sweetheart. After six months of just being nice to him, I was walking back with my mail one day. He was in the driveway. He said, Arnie, what's the deal with you? I had him. I shared Christ with him right in the driveway. He said, this is what's the deal with me. And uh, they became good friends, came to a small group I had in my house. And Kelly has been a real blessing to my son's church. Anytime they're doing anything, she'll have Chad on. She's had my son-in-law on and sing on the weekends. I had a new book. She'd have me on and promote the book. They just had a big deal out there at Easter. And, and they were on all of Kelly got it going. It really got out of hand. They had an Easter egg drop at a big park. Jan and I were out there. Over 20,000 people showed up for that egg drop when they were hoping for 3,000. Created a bit of a mess, but they had 33,000 eggs. Are you there? But you see, who would have thought that just being nice to someone, and I could go on and on, I'll tell you more stories tonight, things you can do. I, I didn't walk by him and say, Jeff, you need Jesus. Jeff, you're going to hell. Why are you such a grouch? You know, grab this one little byline on that. When I stand there with him in the driveway, you know what he said to me? Arnie, I'm a jerk. I could have said, Jeff, I could have told you that. <laughs> so what are, what are we going to do? What, what is the answer? We need you to get involved. We, need, we want to give you tools. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Right now, I'm not pastoring a church. I don't want to pastor a church. I'm tired of putting up with people. Now I've got the gift of irritation, and I can just go out, hit and run, get out of Dodge. They can say what they want. Are you with me today? But you know something? You don't get a pearl in a, in, in a clam until you irritate the flesh. I want some of you to wake up. I want you to drive home today and when you drive into your neighborhood, realize that more than two-thirds of those people are being abused some way. Physical, spiritual, sexual. Are you there? They put a happy face on. They don't know Christ as their Savior. If Jesus came back today, what kind of impact would it have? 
You see, that's the reward you're going to get. That's the compensation you're going to get. It isn't, God's not going to say, oh, Arnie, you left this big church in Oregon and you came and, and just had a handful of people at Vincent T. Lombardi School and struggled and bought land and built buildings. That isn't going to be, all it's about is some of you that are sitting here today that gave your life to Christ when I was here. And then the ongoing fatherhood of that stuff with Mark and others. And then learning to see stuff in people. A few days before my sister died, she got saved. She died of Hodgkin's disease when she was very young. Three kids. She told my brother David, she said, I can believe God saved anybody but Arnie. You see, what happens is sometimes we judge the exterior. But inside, I was a marshmallow. I wanted what she had. And people want what you have, and some of people look at you and wonder about it, and all you just have to step it up, and we'll show you tonight how to step it up a little bit. And it'll be fun and encouraging, and, and we'll have some breaks, and we'll get you in and out. So I encourage you to come and be a part of it. So what are our steps? Accept Jesus' invitation to him and learning from him. That's, that's a step we have to take. I will tell you this, though. Most Christians are educated far above their level of performance. Did you get that? We know a lot of stuff that we're not doing. So here we're going to underline and get going. Passionately live to taste the transforming feeling of seeing people come to Christ. Bringing a person here, bringing a neighbor that you, you've, you've gone out of your way, and I'll give you tips on how to get your neighbor's attention tonight. Lots of them. I'll give you tips on how you can get your workplace to ask you, what, why are you like you are? And then you see them, either bring them to church or maybe you'll have the opportunity to share the Lord with them and they come to Christ or you come and you walk out and they're picking up a, a thing that Bob will tell you about when those of you that are here today that don't know Christ pray that sinner's prayer in just a few minutes. That's what it's all about, friends. That's what it's all about. See, follow Christ into the harvest field. The shortest verse of the Bible is Jesus wept. He wept. I remember when we moved here. I rode around the town. I went over to Lambeau Field, sat there. And I'm a big Packer fan. By, by the way, it's crazy. I went into a, a sports bar and a restaurant to eat lunch when the Packers were playing San Diego a few years ago. I thought I was in Green Bay. I, had a, I walked out and had to check my license plate, see if it got switched. It's unbelievable. But we need to be bigger fans. You know, the G on the helmet's great. But for a lot of people, that G is, is their God. It's what they were. And it's, it's great to be a fan. But I think it's time we get fanatic for Jesus Christ. Are you with me? And, and get excited and, and get the tools and be filled with God. No matter how old we are. I'm already thinking, man, I don't know how I'm going to die. I'm not really looking forward to the act of death. Am I going to rattle? Am I going to cough? Am I going to keel over? All I know is that up to the last breath, I want to be touching people for Jesus. I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray that God would ignite something in you that needs to be ignited. Bow your heads. Lord, I just pray for this group of people today, this hour and next hour, that you will light something in them. I know Pastor Mark's vision is to, to, to add to the church and, and to see thousands and thousands of more people come to Christ and be in marching with all the other churches who are preaching the gospel and, and maybe even in some of the mainline denomination churches, there's stuff happening, there's stuff happening in the Catholic church today in this town that's fantastic. But Lord, we want to get together. We want to be a part of this thing. And I pray, Lord, that you would touch people today. 
And Lord, for that person that's here that doesn't know you as Savior, as, as Pastor Bob brings that to conclusion that you would say, yes, yes. And tonight, we would come together, as many as possible, to be trained with some very simple, practical things that we can do. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.